step out in this bitch come with it no screen time cause she gon' find a hoe she could mimic no rules when i step in that new car i got that bugatti a coupe i copped a rari for who no rules when i pull out in the ghost all painted old color fighting the cream niggas gon' hate it I that's one from you. jace that's my little brother right there and gyro no rules ig produced jace and yg tut we gonna uh, play the rest of it at the end of this episode uh, welcome to as i recall this uh, show here is just recalling memories events emotions feelings just recalling how you how i how whoever it is that i'm talking to at a particular time felt during a particular time of their life or what they remember about a particular time in their life. This next conversation we're gonna have is with my pops and his friends again. Last episode, I know we were talking about um, their experience after they watched the show Roots, which was dope. Um, but I wanna talk, I talked to these men again about fatherhood. Why? Because I'm expecting my first child. You gotta talk to your elder statesman. First and foremost, you know, I got to, I had to call my pop and like, yo, how did you feel when you found out? Tell me about how you found out, right? So him and some of his guys, you know, the same gentleman you met before, um, we had a great conversation about fatherhood, what to expect, um, what they expected versus reality. Um, also had some conversations about, you know, spiritual growth, mental growth, you know, and how they dealt with certain situations, um, having a first boy or first girl, where they were in their career, you know, how they were going to move with the family, with the wife, things of that nature. It was a great, great conversation, man, that I had with these gentlemen. Um, and I encourage any ex- expecting fathers out there, you know, to get as much information as you can from your elder statesman. Talk to your pops, if he isn't around, your grandpops, if he ain't around, is your uncle. Or just maybe elder in your church, community leader, big brother, big sister, cousin, somebody, and get their experiences. It's very, very important, I feel like, in our community to make sure that we keep this line of communication open. And uh, it's very easy, I find, to not judge anybody by, you know, current situations or things like that, but let's ask, just ask the questions about where was your mind during that particular time? Take me back when you found out that you was about to be a dad. That was the conversation I had with my dad and his friends, and it was definitely a great conversation. You guys will hear a beautiful prayer at the end of this as well. I think any fathers-to-be, any parents-to-be can definitely take that prayer and, um, you know, implement into your life. But this is about to be a great conversation, man. I want to continue these, continue to have these conversations on this platform. As I recall, um, if you guys have any stories for me, please reach out. You guys know where to find me. I'm on Instagram, obviously, Sweets, But I do most of my damage on Twitter. Um, you can find me, ace.sweet, at shocktheworld. All right? A dot sweet that handle is shock the world, S H O K H the world. That's how you spell it, S H O K H the world. That's how you can find me on Twitter. Continue to have a conversation though. Enjoy this audio adventure. 
of As I Recall. First of all, I appreciate y'all, you know, allowing me to come in and pitch ideas and, you know, have these conversations. I was, I was telling them that um, I just, I feel like it's, it's very important and I don't think we do it enough, especially my generation start uh, having conversations and documented conversations so that, you know, for the future generations, they can actually look back and see, you know, what our, where our minds were at one point or another, you know, like where I am right now in my thirties, having conversations with my dad right now uh, versus, you know what I mean? And just, and just being able to pull information that way versus, um, you know, being internet and friends and whatever you see on TV be the only form of information that you can get when you have questions about real life type stuff. You know, be it uh, like last time we were talking about roots and dealing with racism for the first time and how is you still kind of dealing with it today and moving on forward. And and today, for instance, you know, I'm really coming to y'all as my elder statesman um, to have a conversation about fatherhood, too, because uh, I'm about to join that club. And like, I mean, I didn't think that was something I was just going to Google and go on YouTube and read books. I was like, no, well, let me just hear from the mouths of some men that did it that looked like me, that grew up in the same area that I did, maybe during a different time period, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there, there's still some similarities. And what I'm going to do is, I'm actually going to do the same thing with some of, uh, some of my frat brothers and some brothers that I know that's around my same age that already have kids right now, um, and do the same thing, and just kind of compare and contrast and see, you know, where we are like, what we differ in, and, you know, potentially maybe how, um, one generation can help the other and, and vice versa. So that's kind of where I'm at. And as y'all already know, I'm having a little baby. I was just thinking to myself, let me tell y'all how I found out I was about to be a dad. Let me tell y'all how I found out. I found out I was actually in Miami the week before I found out. I was in Miami for a couple of days with a couple of buddies of mine. And I came back home that Sunday. And it was This was... April the 18th is when I came home. I, I remember the whole week verbatim. <laughs> when I got back home, Jasmine actually touched down from Houston. She was in Houston. I came back home on Monday. You know, the energy was a little off in the house. Didn't really know what was going on. I knew that we were fresh off of airplanes and all of that. Didn't think too much of it, you know. The next day rolled around. Energy was still kind of off in the house. Jasmine wasn't really talking to me that much. And, uh, you know, I couldn't really get her attention like I normally do. I thought, all right, obviously there's something wrong. So Wednesday pulls around, and I actually uh, told her, hey, you know, I made us some reservations to go out on Saturday. And she actually said, well, I made reservations for us to go out on Friday. So I said, okay, obviously there's something been on her mind. She wants to go out. So fast forward, we get to Friday. I get off work early. I get home, clean up a little bit, put on some clothes, you know, get into my movie so I can go out. Because she was out and about. She was there to photo shoot or something. She wasn't at the house. I'm waiting at the house. We had reservations at like 6.30 or something like that. I forget the actual time. But we missed our reservations. Now, in my head, I was like, okay, we missed our reservations. That's fine. I got my own reservations. But the next day, tonight, we just Uber eat some food, watch some movies, and just chill out. But she still wanted to go out. So the only place that was open to go was this club I go to called The Weekend. It's like a club. They got food. The games was on. We probably have some spirits and have a good time. So that's, that's, what, that's what was in my head. So 
So we pull up to the club. I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a club now. They playing music and smoking hookah and doing all, all type of stuff. And she had a bag, gave me the bag while I'm in the club. And that's when I looked at the break. She, she had a pregnancy test inside. So I found out I was going to be a daddy inside the club. And immediately when it happened, my daddy senses, I feel like, just got activated. Because I started looking around in my environment with the hookahs and the and the drinks coming and all of that. I'm like, baby, I got to get you up out of here. So I call our server back. <laughs> I was like, pack up our food. We got to go. We got to get up out of here. Um, and, you know, that's, that was what I actually found out, you know, that I was going to be a dad. But ever since then, I feel like I've had like an added sense of energy, you know, uh, a new inquisitiveness as well, you know, asking questions and working a little bit harder at work and, at the house and, you know, cooking, cleaning, getting up, cutting grass and still having energy to do whatever it is I need to do around the house. I feel like I just found this new, this new energy source. So don't really know what to do with it, but I definitely want to talk about it. So I want to, uh, what I want to ask y'all is what was that feeling like? If y'all can remember when y'all first found out, my dad already told me his story and I, I want him to share it again. So don't think you get out of this pop. I want you to share your story again. But what was it like when you found out that you were going to be a father for the first time? What was that week like? What was going on? I just want to hear what was going through y'all's mind when y'all found out I'm about to be a dad. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's amazing because I, I can tell you that uh, when I when I first found out, we actually, actually my wife was sick and I, we was wondering what was going on. And uh, she had been throwing up just wasn't feeling good. She was saying something is wrong. So we went to the doctor. And uh, of course, when we went to the doctor, I was like, man, I hope everything. And the, the, what was so amazing, the last thing that was on my mind was that my wife, I mean, I don't think neither one of us ever even thought that. <clears throat> but anyway. <laughs> that was the last like, thing. Like, there was no way. <laughs> like, no, not right now. We just we just knew it. And uh, of course, the doctor came. Congratulations, you got to be a daddy. I said, what? Uh, and let me tell you, immediately, I was like, man, I got to get myself, I got to get my stuff together. That's the first thing I started saying, man, I got to get my stuff together. And just like the energy you talking about, I had the same thing because it was like, man, I need to get this lined up because I'm going to be responsible for someone. And I started thinking about that. I got to make sure that, that, that we living in the right place. I got to, I just got to get my life in order. I want to make sure everything is just perfect for this child but but the first initial response was i got to get myself together because i really and truly wanted to make sure that i was going to be there and be there to provide not only for the baby but for my wife also so i immediately went into this uh i guess um uh defense mode in this protection mode it was like wow it's on me. She got to carry them, but I got to take care of them. And I got them from a financial standpoint. So that's the way I looked at that. It was like, I, I got to get my, I got to get this thing. I got to get myself. Let me ask you this then. So like when you, when you felt that like, all right, I got to get myself together. Just, just being like transparent. Like, was it a, um, was it a fair thing? Like, maybe I'm not the, where I want to be right now, so I got to kind of speed up the process? Or was it like, okay, I'm on point with where I'm at. I just got to speed up the process a little bit. You weren't really, like, it was like a fear 
faith-based thing, was it? I, I think it was a of both. It was fear and excitement. Then I knew I knew I needed to change because it's like now I'm going to be a dad. And some of the things that I used to do, I mean, even me, I, I sometimes used to have some friends over to the house. I was like, man, I got to kind of, I got to tone down on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> start grabbing. Because I really know what was it going to take for me to be a good father? Now, you got to remember that this is the initial response. Mm. And, and, and you do need someone you can reach out and talk to in, in, in so many words. You know, just like my mom tell me, son, calm down. You're going to do fine. She said, because I know you, you're going to take care of yours. So she was just like, just just calm down, just relax. Because that's how I was. I was, I was like, all right, mom, what do I do? What do I do? What, the most important thing is is to take take care of the mother first, the carrier, the one who's taking care of the baby. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, I realized, you know, I had to put everything in prayer because, you know, I don't care who you are or what you say, every man won't want that son. And even I, but, but then all of a sudden my pastor started telling me, no, we want a healthy child. Mm -hmm. So that's the most important thing. I want my child healthy Lord. And just, and I think I always think about, you know, I think about this song, God Has Shined On Me. And let me tell you something. And I know I'm going a little bit further, but it is a, when you catch the eyes of your firstborn, it is unbelievable. It really is. Just to catch the eyes. And when you lock, when you, when you lock in eyes, you think you're different now. You will be totally <laughs> when you catch the eyes of your child. It does something to you. Every man would tell you, I'm telling you, it does something. And and, and even as a grand grandparent, but it's, it's something about that first one, when you catch the eyes of that child, it's like, oh my goodness, it just really do, do something to you. I mean, all the preparation that I did, it was totally different when I first caught the eyes of my child. It was unbelievable. Mm. I appreciate you sharing that. That was that was deep. It was, it was crazy. One thing you mentioned, like, cause I feel like for me, like, I I, I don't think it was. I mean, and it's we're only what like thirteen weeks at this point. When this yeah. drops, it will be up further along. But it was like thirteen weeks at this point. But uh, it really hit me yet as far as if it's a fear or an excitement. I think it's more excitement than anything else because I mean, you can ask my dad. I've been I've been prepping. I've been prepping for something. For a long time, didn't know what it was. But right. I feel like I've always been working and prepping towards something, like be it you know just getting married or getting the house or getting the car, found a new job, whatever it is. I've always been prepping, but didn't really know like what I was prepping for. I knew I had things I wanted to do, but now it was like, okay, this is the end point. That's it. Right. Like, this is like the real end point. This is what I, this is what I've been prepping. For. So mm. uh, that's kind of where I am right now. But appreciate mm. that, Oliver. I do appreciate that. Okay. What's up, Bobby? Robert Earl. Can you hear us? Hey. There he I'm, is. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah, we said well, what's up doing? earlier, but didn't hear from you. Then you lost it. Well, I had so many. Um, I had tabs. I had about 100 tabs open on my computer. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't get, I couldn't, um, I, I couldn't, I, I was hearing everything, but I just couldn't respond to anything, so. Okay. I had to kind of get out and come back in and close all those tabs. I got you. Yeah, you've been doing okay? 
Yes, sir. We've been That's here good. surviving it and enjoying the week. That's great. Mm. That's great. Well, Mr. Powers, right, so. you want to go ahead and uh, take the floor next and tell me about your experience? Me? Yeah. Um, I don't want to have any kids. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know no, that. No, don't have any children. And I was just sitting here listening to you. Yeah. My brother don't have any children. My sister don't have any children. Uh, we just childrenless. No nieces and nephews running around. No, no. And I always wondered about that. I wonder why. But, you know, God knows best. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, uh, that's it. Now, my cousin, Ruben Jr., he has children in Detroit. And, uh, but no, I, I, I never experienced, um, uh, the having any kids or either, even a marriage, even having a, a significant other. You know, I've always been a loner and, and, and Albert would tell you in school, <laughs> in school, I had a hard time just being accepted, you know, so. I don't know if it was my my social skills during growing up, uh, whether it was my father. He used to complain and whine all the time and, and fuss, and you know. So I was in an environment that I wasn't really confident, I guess, to get out there and 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 have that what you call the um, ideal. Um, pathway to to familyhood, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, getting a wife and living the American dream. I just always seemingly had to do things by myself. So if 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 you don't mind me asking, like, you know, you, you don't have to answer, but I, I thought it was kind of interesting. You uh, brought up your pops or whatever. Uh, I mean, what was that relationship like with him? I mean, like, was it like, do you think that probably has something to do with the reason? Why oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Unmet childhood needs, you know, um, you know, you get in, you, you, you get, and I think he did things that came from his era. You just fuss all the time, Mm -hmm. complain all the time. Well, you think money growing trees, you ain't no, never do this and you can't do that. And what you doing with that girl? She can't handle nothing like that. (laughs) 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 Just (laughs) <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Mm-hmm. So, and and um, I think Albert and I talked about it a little bit uh, years ago. And, you know, I tried to get in, you know, when I think when I tried to join Alpha Phi Alpha, you know, just trying to do something to be accepted into something. And I think that's, I think that's what's kind of going on with some of these kids today. That's how they get in these games and what have you to yeah, sort of yeah. just be to be accepted by somebody, you know. Mm. And um, but my social skills, even today, I have problems because of what has been ingrained in mm-hmm. me from. Um, early childhood, my mother was never affectionate. I don't even think. Me and my mother never bonded until the day she died. So, you know, you have a bonding with your children. My, you know, never talked to me about anything about girls or nothing like that. 
but they stayed together for 50 years. They wanted to, now, not to say they wanted the best for me, but, you know, things that you hear the on TV. they took to do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the things that you hear today, oh, don't tell your kids, that. don't spank your kids. Yeah, that type of thing. So I don't think they take in, I don't think they took in consideration back in that day, you know, because I'm 62, that the little things that you tell your children, you know, tends to affect them in their adulthood. So, you know, and I, I kind of, I hate to just keep going on and on. Well, you, well, let, let me tell you what I know about Bobby, because we, we did, we did hang out a lot. And I, I'm going to give you an outsider perspective, okay? Because I always thought that you were spoiled. Yeah. I mean, your daddy bought you a car. You had a, a I, I didn't have a car. We used to ride around in the streets doing crazy stuff. I remember the time we were riding, the car didn't have no brakes and stuff, but we had <laughs> And then I remember your daddy got you a motorcycle. So you had a motorcycle. And then you had a pool table and, and, and but but I admit you always said about not being popular, but but you always had people around you, and and that's and I thought for you saying that you was alone, I never thought you was alone. I thought I was alone because you always had you was always around different companies of people. Even mm-hmm. when you saying you didn't have companies that socialized with 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 girls and stuff, but you used to always be taking me over over friends, female friends' houses that you knew. And I'm saying, well, this man had everything. So, like I say, pers- perspective is a lot of things. I mean, you yeah. think one way. Yeah, it's, it's way. strange that. So, it, it's, it's, it was just a situation. And I think he, he, and I think he got all this stuff to keep me out the streets. And I think I was somewhat sheltered, in a sense. Yeah. And uh, you know, Bobby, your dad out here, you better go home. You know, that's what I do. <laughs> you know what? When you think about the times that we came up in, mm-hmm. it, it was, it, things was kind of wild, you know? Mm-hmm. And I look at, I look at the perspective as if when, you know, you would hear about all these families that had so many kids and you know what I mean? Right. Me, myself, it was just me and my brother. But, like, my mother had five or six siblings. Mm-hmm. My father had four and five siblings. And and when you had those families like that, you know, you get a different view of what family is and what you really want to have out of it when your opportunity comes. You know, if the opportunity presents itself. If, you know, it depends on what you were exposed to mm-hmm. and a kind of like what what is in your family background, right, too. Right, right. I look at a lot of families that had, you know, we heard about families that had 13 kids. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it was just like as the time progressed, you, you was thinking you couldn't have that many kids. I, I'd hear my sister talk about how she used to talk about my uncle. Mm-hmm. And my uncle used to say that my father never really, you know, had nothing. But she would say, well, he got kids, you know? Because right. <laughs> you thought about kids being expensive even in the 60s. You know, look at today what kids yeah. run. I, yeah, I was absolutely. so glad the two I had never, I never had, I bought two sets of, of diapers one time. 
the 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 when I when I bought that two set at one time, my my oldest was my daughter came out of hers, and then my son was the one I picked up with. So I I bought two sets of diapers one time. See, so it wasn't like it could have been. Some folks had kids every back back year. Yeah. Why don't you lead us into your take on when you had your first born? Man, look, I... Uh, hey, 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 hey. Actually, yeah. I, got a, I got a different question for you, actually, Hardy, because as a matter of <laughs> fact, I want, I want uh, Mr. Charles to uh, answer the same question, too. Uh, and so you had a daughter first, right? Right. And then you had a son. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I want to hear, when you find out that you, you, you was going to have a son, the reason why I asked this is because I had a conversation with one of my homeboys about this comment, like, about, you know, having a son, um, being black and having a son. Do you right. feel like you had, like, once you found out you was having your son, Cliff, AC, yeah. did you feel like there was, like, some 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 pressure there, like some type of a pressure, like I, I, I got to raise a black boy in America type of thing. Like, like you feel that pressure. And then obviously, you know, do, uh, do, do start with telling me, you know, um, about your experience, like you find out you was having a son and like what. what yeah, the well, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you now, a fact of life is that I, I believe God knows exactly when you're ready. You can't always be ready for the things that he has. Well, well we're not always ready for the things that he wants. Because I actually had a son, but he didn't go to full term. Mm. So that was like crushing. Trust oh. me, I wanted a boy first. Then I had my daughter. Man, the joy was just overflowing. Then I had my son. Then the pride kind of kicked in with the boy. But I was actually glad I had a girl first. You know what I'm saying? The way things turned out, you know. So you never know, and God, but God will prepare you. He He used that situation to really bond me and my wife. I was glad, and I'm happy for you that you and your wife got to spend some time with each other before you had kids. You know what I'm saying? You get to, and that's why I believe back in the Bible days when a man got married. He stayed at home with his wife for the first year or two. That was the custom, and you learn by the word. In uh, who was the brother that uh, that David sent to the front line and got killed because he was with his wife? Oh yeah, Bathsheba. Ooh, uh, yeah, Bathsheba. Yeah, exactly. And Uriah wasn't it? Was it Uriah? Uriah. Uriah. Yeah, he should have been at home with his wife. But mm. he went to war. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And uh, yeah, I didn't even think of it like that. But I think you had you to go. <laughs> yeah, you need you need that time. You need that time when you first get married to be you know, sense too. with your wife. So me and my wife ended up having a little more time, which really solidified. Because I, I remember I used to hear Seed say, I ain't like Hardy, all lovey-dovey. But, Doc, we went through some stuff to get to that point. Do you hear what I'm saying? Then when the kids came, it just added to it. You know, when I had my first, I didn't even have a car. Dudes I was working with helped me. I was working at a facility at Tall Trees on Lamar, and I had to get one of my co-workers, man, to get the van, take me and my wife to the hospital when my wife was getting ready to deliver. But when she left that hospital, we left in a brand new car. 
<laughs> so you know that that urgency did come on me too. Yeah. You know, hold up, now I ain't even got a car. I didn't get a car. <laughs> when, when I picked her up, when I picked her up from that. From the from the hospital, it was in a brand new car. Could afford that car. I ended up giving that car back. <laughs> but I picked up the hospital in a brand new car, <laughs> my first car. And I'm telling you, I took that Ford back to Ford Ford Motor Credit and told them they could have that car back. <laughs> but I picked my wife up from the hospital in that car. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Went through that like. I said, my baby girl, she's still my number one. Mm. That's my daughter, Sierra. They they over here now. Uh, you know, I got my grandbaby now. But my son, when he came, Doc, he was the third Clifton Hardy. Mm-hmm. And when my son just had the grandson, he's the fourth Clifton Hardy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at that part of fatherhood, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is with your name being carried on. It's, it's priceless, dude. It yeah. really is. And even to my grandson. And I pray one day when he have his first, he name him Clifton Hart. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> but right now, it's three of us on the planet at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, they all in the same bloodline. And they all blessings from God, man. I'm yeah. telling you, children, are, they come straight out of heaven, dude. When I see babies talk to babies, I know where they come from. Mm. And when I speak to them in the heavenly conversation, I know that they can understand because I know where they come from. Hear what I'm saying? I got you. It's, it's strange. People, you know, you know, folks outside of the faith really going to think I'm, you know, they think I'm crazy when I say something like that. But I speak baby talk and I tell them when y'all talk to the angels, know that we doing okay and we looking forward to coming and we glad that they sent you and they just start smiling because it's a heavenly conversation knowing that's just where they came from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, now, you know, I hate to be deep like that all the time, but I, I, really I appreciate believe it. No, that, this, this, I really this believe that down in my heart. I really believe that because of the relationship that I have and what, what the Lord had done for me and, <laughs> and on the realm that we in. See, I know it's, there's earthly, there's celestial, there's terrestrial. And then there's a third heaven, Doc, where our Lord Savior lived. And when I had that opportunity, he poured into me. I got a chance to go some places where everybody doesn't get to go. I just believe this. I got something to be crazy for folks that don't, that don't really know. You know what I'm saying? I got but you. He, from there, he can come to right where you at and be with you. So, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just a wonder. When you talk about that, man, it's just the extension, you know, and, and I see being blessed even before us and beyond us for those who uh, had the opportunity or, or the ones that God blessed from long before the earth was even created. What he planned for us, you know, is just a continuation. Mm. That's the way I see it up until the day he comes back and we all get together again. But 
you know, your family and your children are part of that lineage. I appreciate <laughs> that, Paul. That was real good. I appreciate it, man. Uh, but no, I, I, I definitely do believe like it's definitely a gift. You know, boy or girl first. I mean, it's it's, it's sent straight from heaven, and you know, definitely. I'm, I'm gonna share yeah. that gift. I know one day I'm gonna have to give that gift back too. You know, back back to the Lord. You know, wherever it is, it's got to. I got to give it back. So I got to make sure that I'm taking care of it while I do have he or she. Um, Mr. Charles. Same question to you, sir. When you find out that you was about to be a dad, and I mean, especially, you know, your experience having a young black man, um, child first, for sure. Okay, well, I found out on my on my wife's 30th birthday. That was uh that was her gift to me. And we have been married three years. And so, uh, and we have been trying to get pregnant the last year. And so uh I kind of started to think, you know, uh, maybe the old boy was shooting blanks, you know. Uh, and, and that was scary, you know. I, you know, and so I went went to the doctor. You know, it took took me a while to go, you know, because I, you know, I just kept telling, look, you know, you just need to, you know, uh, do something, you know. We, we uh, but anyway, I went to the doctor. The doctor told me uh, uh, everything was good, and so she went to the doctor and. Uh, he said she was good too, but you know he said uh, you know sometimes you all just don't you know you don't come together at the right time or whatever. So anyway, long story short, uh, it's slipped in. We have been trying, you know, and using these things where they tell you when you're ovulating and all of that stuff. And uh, you know, of course, I wanted a uh, five kids staff stepper. So after <laughs> it, it wasn't working out like it was supposed to, I said the heck with it, you know. I, I start, you know, don't tell me you ovulate now. You know, I don't want to know that if we get together, we just get together. That's right. And so when she she found out she was pregnant maybe uh, a week before her birthday, which is October 8th, and I threw her birthday party, a 30th birthday party, and uh, she, that's what she told me. So when mm. she told me, I was ecstatic. Mm-hmm. And my dad had, uh, I'm the only child that, that he had with my mom. He had uh, a son with another lady and a daughter with another lady and another daughter with another lady. Everybody's older than me, but you know, uh, my dad was a rolling stone. Like I remember being three or four years old, going with him to the club and getting in. We had a little uh, 71 Volkswagen Beetle. And I remember seeing him in the back seat of the Beetle with another woman. And you know, so, uh, and, and, at three or four years old, I understood that that wasn't for me to tell mom, you know, <laughs> and, that it, and that it wasn't right. Uh, but, you know, fortunately, he didn't have no kids with nobody else after he got married, but he still was, you know, a rolling stone. So, uh, and that thing was in my mind. And one thing that I said as I was growing up, I said, you know, I'm not going to have no outside kids. You know, I'm going I'm to have a child with my why and that's gonna be it and that's what i tried to do and I, you know so then she she's pregnant find out that it's a boy and didn't find out until the boy came out because oh. she she delivered like 10 weeks early and so this is probably the biggest part of my story she delivered 10 weeks early they took the baby rather induced labor and the baby was 10 weeks early 
or it might have been 12 weeks, whatever it was, he was supposed to stay in the hospital for two and a half months. Mm. So that was 10 weeks to, to come to, you know, to be a full baby or whatever. So, and, uh, and I remember saying, this is where faith kicks in. I didn't accept, and, and now faith kicked in, but I wasn't no faith walker or whatever. The Lord just put something in me. I didn't accept nothing from the doctors. My son's going to be less than perfect. I didn't accept the fact that they said he had to stay in the hospital uh, uh, two and a half months. I said, you know, well, he'll stay as long as the Lord see fit for him to stay. And he won't be sick. They, you know, they told me all the stuff that he was going to have. You know, bad heart. Might not be able to walk. Might be uh, 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 disabled, intellectually disabled. You know, I didn't accept any of that. But the one thing that I did wrong while he was in the hospital, I think he stayed in there about two weeks, three weeks. I never stopped working. And so my wife, Sharon, would go to the hospital to do, because he was in intensive care, to do the two visits uh, a day or three visits a day. And she would hang around up there. I would come and do one visit and then I would go on back to, to work. And that was the one thing that I hated later. I wish I had spent that time with her reassuring her that everything was going to be okay. But in my mind, because I told her, I ain't worried about nothing, you know, but she couldn't mm -hmm. get it as fast as me. Uh, so mm -hmm. that was it. When, when he came out and he was a boy, he was a little bitty thing. I think maybe a pound, uh, in, in, in an ounce pound, you know, he, he was just, just in my hand. And, uh, I looked at him, I prayed. And every time I came in there, I thank God for him. I prayed once that God make everything okay. And I believed it from that point on. So, uh, you know, I, I learned about faith in his birth. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to take that lesson on faith. If God said it, it is so. And if God decides to do something different, I'm willing and mature enough now to accept mm -hmm. what he does and move on. And you know, he's a normal kid. He yeah, never had absolutely. no problems. Uh, you know, and so God can do it. I never worried about raising him uh, in this world because I had a granddaddy that served as my father that had a third grade education and was the smartest man I've known. And I still say that because he mixed the natural with the spiritual in everything that he said. And I still live off God's words through him. Mm -hmm. through the way he fed them to me. And so uh, I fed those same things to Charles. And when we were talking and I told you how I kind of sheltered him, see, I got a chance to get out there because I was the only child. I wasn't finna be no uh, chump. You know, the only little boy, mama, you know, uh, <laughs> try to spark. So I got out in the streets, you know, and I was a little old bitty guy, you know. So I, di I didn't get to weigh over 100 pounds till I was about 25. So, you know, I, I, I'm a little and I got a big mouth just like I got now. And so I, I hit the streets and, you know, and I was where the action was and I learned how to operate in the streets. And my grandfather allowed me to do that. And he told me stuff. He said, well, you know, uh, uh, there's some times you're just going to have to do this. You know, he talked about how to deal with the police, how to deal with people. And so I shared those things with Charles as he was growing up, minus letting him be in the street.
Mm-hmm. Anything that he decides to do, I say, he's going to have ample opportunity to do it on his own. So I tried to shelter him for as long as I could. And I think right around the sixth or seventh grade, uh, he ended up, and I knew he was starting to get out that end. I worked at Sherwood Middle in Orange Mine. And yeah, I remember. We had some, we had some rough kids. And he ended up going to a party one time, getting invited to a party. When I pulled up at the party, I didn't see nothing but Sherwood kids. Mm-hmm. I was scared as hell because I said, when they find out this is my son, man, they're going to beat the brakes off of this joker. <laughs> but one of the kids looked and he saw me. He said, Must see, that's your son. I said, yeah, that's my son. He said, I got him. And that joker schooled him as the, for, for the, those little three years he was in middle school, Orange Mound, besides coming to Love Fellowship, mm-hmm. hanging with the kids in Orange Mound was where he was. And so I didn't realize how much he learned about how to deal with the streets, but he did. So I'm not saying the way I did it was the right way, but whatever God puts in place, it works out. You know, yes, it might yeah. not be your way, but it's 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 the way that God allows it to go. So that's it. That's my story, and I'm I mean, sticking to it. It's 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 funny that you mentioned that because I mean, like me and my dad was talking about it. Um, <clears throat> what was the day a couple of days ago? Just about. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that you was moving in the streets. I mean, heck, I was in the streets, you know, not too, too, too bad. But I, I was in the streets. Like, my, my, my dad, know, like, you know, I was definitely moving around. But um, it was it was one of those things to where I know me and him was talking about just how almost like a sense of protection that he had when my dad was in the streets. Like, he passed it down to me and... You know, while I was out here doing, I was doing like there's there's definitely been times to where like I I probably should have either been locked up, been in a car accident, or whatever the case may be. But I had this other sense of protection, and also did teach me a lot too. To your point, I mean, on how to move, and I feel like it was almost like a at now looking back, it was like a <laughs> preparation stage for me even to this day to figure out how to maneuver out here when I do have a kid and not being able to figure out different ways to raise him or her and things of that nature. Cause one thing I've, I've discovered <laughs> is, uh, my dad will tell you a story about when he was, uh, growing up. I was like, yeah, that old don't, adage, there ain't nothing new under the sun. Yeah. It's true. There ain't nothing new under the sun. Like, I mean, you can probably think that, like, your, your, your uh, dad or your mama, oh, they weren't out here like I was out here. Yes, they were. <laughs> they definitely were out here. I, I, just can't, I just can't imagine Albert out in the streets. I'm just sitting here this. Nah, he was in the streets, boss. <laughs> That's when Albert and I was hanging out. He was just so mild-mannered. Tell him a story, Dad. You, you might as well go be transparent. <laughs> I, I'll let uh, 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 Elder Love first tell his story about his new birth. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll stay yours for the finale. Well, 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 just make sure we don't let uh, your father off the hook. Oh, I won't. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Elder Love, how you doing? I really want to hear that myself. <laughs> Good, evening. Good evening, brothers. Uh, listen, uh, a great conversation. Um, you know, as I listen to... Uh, uh, Brother Seaton, you know, uh, I'll say this. I was at the point, I had two different journeys that I went on, okay? First of all, I had a girl. And I experienced it. No, let me go back. First of all, I didn't shoot blanks. 
I hit it the first time. <laughs> whether, whether I was trying to or not, but my my course was, my course was two different uh, venues. I mean, when I had the, my grill was the first, and I had an uh, out of the body experience to be honest with you, and it it, it it set my path on a different way because I had gotten out of uh, all the stuff that. Uh, that I was doing in the world, and and it was a lot. I was a drug dealer. Um, I did, um, you know, some did some things with women, um, and and I did a whole lot of that stuff. That quote unquote, they, back in the day, they called them pimps. Okay, so, but I had gotten out of that before. Uh, I don't know why you're laughing. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had gotten out of that realm. And I was into, you know, my life with the Lord because I'd given my life before I got married. And I married a church girl and everything else. But when my daughter came, uh, it gave, I had that out-of-body experience and it, it was like uh, a sense of arrival. This is, this is what I'm supposed to be. A, a father, someone that can teach, train, and everything else. So that's one thing. Um, when they told me that uh, she had what they say uh, a different blood type, it was like uh, anti something Lewis and something that's rare, no disease or anything. But I told the doctor, I said, wait a minute. And I said, I'll be back. So I go to the bathroom, I'm throwing up and everything else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of losing my mind and, and come back only to get an understanding. Well, look, she just, she just have a different blood type. It was more of a combination of your, of your wife than, your, than you. So I'm thinking, okay, great, wonderful. Nothing wrong with her. She's all good. It, 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 what I did, I found myself chasing more of the brass ring as it, as it relates to my career and missing out even on the first, her taking the first step. Mm. So I was on a high, but then I became on a low because I was going around trying to get positioned in, in FedEx, being a manager and all of that, chasing going to Georgia, going to Tulsa, doing this, just doing everything I could. In order to, because I'm thinking at this point, uh, I've arrived, but I got to provide. So I'm chasing that that uh, at the at that point. And then four years later, I had my son. That experience was like the coup to contain. I want to lift him up to the Lord mm -hmm. uh, at at night in the in the stars because that was going to be my legacy because he was my namesake. And at that particular point, I took another path, only to arrive almost at the same place because I was still chasing that blast brass ring, trying to get career. So now I really got to find something because I got two kids now. And in the midst of that, and I'm going to give you the good, the bad, and the ugly. In the midst of that, uh, my wife had a um, her own career as a school teacher. So by me moving around, going to different places, different states and everything else, I kind of lost track of that. Because in my mind, now I need to provide. And I, I didn't, I wanted to really provide for some things, getting ready for college and all of that, but it didn't have to warrant for anything. So uh, and then I realized that they were going to be my fingerprints in this life. So then I had to get to a point where, look, I got to make some decisions. Of what's going to be my priority? I had a young girl who was a beautiful young girl. And I knew at some point uh, 
it had gotten to a point that when she was in high school, uh, the star running back for the high school came to my office and, and uh, knocked on the, you know, came to the, the counter and everything else. I was working at the station out there in Tulsa. And he comes and, uh, you know, one of my agents come back and said, well, look, uh, you got someone who want to talk to you. I forgot the guy's name now. Anyway, he comes in, uh, Mr. Love, thank you for seeing me. Uh, I just want to ask you if I could date your, uh, uh, I could date your daughter. And uh, I oh, what a respectful that. young man! Isn't that wonderful? It was. <laughs> I said, and I said, uh, son, let me tell you something. Books and boys don't mix. She's just getting out of high school, and what I want for her is to get her career. And once she does that, it's up to her. Well, two years later, she's in she's in college. And she comes to me saying that she found someone and they wanted to get married. Okay? So she's grown. I'm saying, all right. She got through college and everything else. So I'm walking down and we're getting ready to, for the wedding. And, you know, of course, you know, father's got to pay for all of that. And, I'm, 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 I, and I look, I'm walking down the hallway of the hotel to where the uh, reception was, was, was being held. And here comes the star running back. And as we're passing each other like two ships in the night, he looked at me like, uh-huh, so you didn't want me to marry. You didn't want me to even date. He looked at me as if he was going to jack me up. So I'm saying, now I had to, I had to look at that. Now, we flip over to the summer. And uh, he, he felt that it was my main responsibility to teach him and to train him about life. And... And I'm thinking, oh, I mean, it came out that way. I, I need a look. Um, I want to. I want to be. And this really just broke my heart. I mean, just broke me down. He said, "Dad, uh, I want you to know that you are my role model. I watch you ever since I was growing up. And now he, he went and got. He's an engineer. Got his engineer degree. My daughter got her degree in uh, uh, in uh, corporate management and everything else." My other daughter, is, she's got her doctorate degree from uh, Princeton and all of that. They did well. But then as I said, I said, now, look, uh, I appreciate that, son. And I broke down. I, I really, I just cried like a baby for my son to tell me that. But then I had to make sure that I didn't put him a little above because he's the son. And he's going to take my legacy on. Mm -hmm. And so uh, uh, I went on and, 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 and he started following my footsteps and everything else. But then he got bit by that bug of, of hanging out with the wrong crowd. He, he went out there, but then he came back. And so my, my journey was, took two different paths. My daughter, once she got so older and, you know, of course, I don't own Mary, and she ended up divorcing and so on and so forth. I won't go through all of that. But at the end of the day, now, it's not a day go by that I don't hear from her. She lives in California. Not a day don't go by that I don't hear from her. On the other hand, my son, if I'll do good for him from hearing from him, uh, you know, at least once out of the month. But I understand that, you know, as he got older, he got started doing his own thing. He started traveling quite a bit, uh, went to Kilimanjaro and climbed the mountains and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, they always come back to me to ask me for my advice. And I think who said that? I became more of a counselor, an encourager, and in some cases, a financier. 
<laughs> I ain't got paid back yet. I'm still waiting on my money. <laughs> so uh, uh, I just I just wanted them to make sure that they had not really followed my steps as far as their adventure in the world and doing things. Uh, but uh, my pattern, I didn't try to force anything. I didn't force the Lord on them. I would take them to church and do the things that we needed to do. They made their own decision. And at the end of the day now, I'm very proud of them. Not so much as an accomplishment in school, career, and everything else, but that they stayed laser-focused. Even if they got out of line, they're now really focused into pleasing the Lord and doing what the Lord, as, as they have their own kids now. So I got three grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And so they're raising them in that same mode. So that was uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but it all came back into focusing in on their own life and what it means to stay with the Lord mm. and what it means in them raising their own kids. And now my kids, my grandkids are now uh, very accomplished. Uh, I got a, one that's going to the seventh grade, another to the fifth, another to the second grade, and they really, really are focused. And of course, their father, the pastor, uh, are focused on the Lord. And so that was my journey, and it still is. Life is a journey. It's not a destination. We, we can't ever get to a point where we've got to keep this thing moving. There's a lot of distractions out there. The devil would dangle out there. I have, my job now as a grandfather is to try to help them, my, my children, to keep them focused on And that's my journey. Thank you, Elder Love. I appreciate that. You actually said something that was interesting, and uh, Seton said a little bit ago, and as well, and there was that 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 um, like the the working thing, and he was like, "I I wish I probably wouldn't have." I think Seton was like, "I wish I would have been in the hospital a little bit more with my wife." For uh, in your instance, when you were like in that transition, the relationship that you have with your wife as well. I mean, obviously, you know, like you know, you're you're providing for the kids and the family, everything like that. Uh, but what advice do you have on even just that part of your journey? I mean, cause like us as men, I mean, you know, I feel like we, it's, it's, we, we gotta, we do gotta go to work. We, you know, we gotta, you know, have a relationship with the kids. We gotta have a relationship with God too, but at the same time, we still got, you know, the wife too. So I mean, how, how did, how did you balance all of that? Well, I learned what the definition of husband is, husband. My purpose is to band all of that together. Mm. That's possibly can. And that's, that's, that was my effort. I got to band all of this stuff together so that I can, I, I did have my own career. My wife had a career. Uh, I had two kids who was in school that I had to provide for. Mm -hmm. So I took that definition of husband. I think we I lost think him we for lost a second. Him. Yeah, I think we did. But I can definitely come back to uh well, while you're figuring that out, I want to go back to one thing real quick because uh, this is something I, that was uh, also interesting to me. Oliver, you mentioned about the when you catch the baby's eye or when the, the, the baby catches your eye or something like that. Can you expect, like, what is, I mean, like, what are you saying? Like, we all just, like, it was like an eye contest. Y'all staring at each other. What was that feeling like, Oliver? You don't mind kind of going through that just a little bit deeper for me? Well, what I mean by that is, is when I, what, 
you know, we all have this interpretation or this perception of what we need to do or what it's going to all be be like. And even as, you know, we want to know how how the child is going to look. Is he or she going to look like me? It's just how it's going to look. Yeah, yeah. B is something about when you catch the eyes of that child and when that child can look at you and you know right then and there that child is is, going to depend on you. Mm -hmm. It's going to depend on you for everything. And then at that moment, it hit me like, this is real. (laughs) This is real. That's what I mean by once you catch the eyes. Yeah. it's It's a glow that happened to me. And it was a glow like this is real. This is really real. This this is my child, and I want to be there for that child. And I want to. You take think it. that the like once when did it happen? When you were holding, or your wife holding was in the doctor's office? Or, like, you remember that? It was actually when once once the uh, once the doctor took the baby and placed it in the in the arms of my wife. Yeah. And I was just standing back, just looking. Mm-hmm. It was just so amazing. It really was. <laughs> and see, I, I always say, uh, I truly understand that it's a gift. Mm-hmm. I feel now that it was a gift that God was given to to mm-hmm. me, us. And at that point, we knew that, first of all, we wanted to receive it. And then even I started thinking, I want to make sure that I can give this child back to the Lord, too. Mm-hmm. So... It, it, it was just, it was just, it was just kind of, it was, it just kind of blew me away. It really did. And at that time, I, I was young. Uh, I think I was what thirty, probably around about the same age you were. You yeah. are today. It, it was just, it was just amazing. And All right. well, speaking of that, you know, giving you know the child back to the Lord and and, and that phrase, I definitely want. You know, Dad, you to, to if if you want to certain points of what me and you talked about about like when you about when you found out that I was I was going to be born your 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 firstborn and you know how that made you feel and um, what that experience was like when you found out. Well, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a conversationalist, but I, I I'll work with it, but. You say that all the time. Yes, you are. You are a conversationalist. Uh, Thank you, Elder Love. You know he's he's a conversationalist. Why don't you finish what you were trying to say, Love? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. I got for some reason it kicked me out of the Zoom. So uh, I I think you I think you did that on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, what were we? What were we, my friend? Take me to back. You were explaining what uh Oh, about um, balancing and everything. Yeah, it was it was the balancing. It was the balance. It, it, it's it's us so band. That's what you mean. Yeah, it, it was the, it was the banding, and it's not anything that's going to be easy, Alex. It just isn't. Um, you do have to work. Yes, you do have your wife who perhaps might have their own career. Uh, you do have to provide, but that's the cross that we have to bear. There is no there is no manual. I don't care what, what Doc Spock and all these other folks say. There ain't nothing that you can write or read that's really going to give you that which decisive direction you're going to go. It's like it's an on-the-job training. <laughs> and, yeah. And you're going to keep, you're going to keep learning in every little corner, every little thing that comes up, you know, uh, it's going to happen. 
I mean, what you what would you do if you're sitting in your house? And let's say you get a little girl or whatever, and we don't know that. And all of a sudden, you hear some noise outside the window. And then you, you know, you don't think no more. You're watching television and everything else. You don't think no more about it. And you, and you hear that noise again. He said, wait a minute. Let me go outside here. I'll go outside. And there's this rope coming out of her window. Mm. Yeah, for real. What's she going to do? Wait, 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 wait. I had to gather myself because I was going to go ballistic. Yeah, I probably would have hit somebody. No doubt about it. And I'm watching this, and maybe I'm seeing something. And, I'm, and I, all of a sudden, I see a truck come out the window. So I'm running. We have a two-story home. I'm in, uh, what was I, in Georgia. And I'm going down, and that's, boom. She's trying to get out to go to a party that I told her she didn't go to. All right? Up until that point, she's been I, a little angel. <laughs> At least I thought. <laughs> but there she was trying to get out. One more story, and I'll, 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 I'll close it out. Uh, so one morning, she's in high school, getting ready to get out of high school, and my house was, I was in Tulsa, wasn't too far from the station. So it, ironically, I just decided I want to go home for lunch. So I go home, and I don't mind telling you this. So I go home, and uh, I'm getting ready to fix me a sandwich or something, and all of a sudden I hear noise upstairs. I'm thinking, oh, ain't nobody supposed to be here. Everybody's in school, and my wife is working, so I go upstairs, and uh, I'm knocking on the door, hearing her, oh, daddy, uh, uh, I came home because, you know, it's my time of the month. I said, oh, okay. And that's the one thing, she, everything that was about her, she told me. Even when she was a young girl, we sit at McDonald's. I told her about, you know, sex and everything else. We sit there, and I was very open with her. Mm-hmm. So I hear the noise, and I'm thinking, wait, I'm going, it's my time. I came home to do this. And I said, no, this ain't happening. I know it ain't real. So I bust in the door. Yes, I did. And I look around. I mean, she still got her clothes on and everything else. Something didn't seem right. So I, I just happened to really just open up a closet. And guess mm. what? I saw down there, I had, huh? A boy. Mm. And I'm thinking, and so I go off on him. Yes, I did. And I went off on her. <laughs> I had to catch myself. I found yeah. myself really getting physical, to be honest with you. And I tell you this to say that after all of that, <laughs> I still had to learn how to put it all together because there, is, there was nothing that was going to prepare me for that kind of situation in both scenarios. Nothing. Yeah. So I can't tell you which is the pathway uh, that's the that's best. I can't tell you that. You're gonna have to learn how to balance them all, and then in, in, in all out of that, you're gonna you're gonna need the help of not only your your, your dad, your mom, family, and everything else to help you to keep that. But you're gonna have to rely on the Lord to to lead you, mm-hmm. help you to balance <laughs> all of that stuff together. Alex, there ain't no way around it. If you try to go one way. You're going to find something else going to take you another way. Mm. So that's my whole story that that, um, that I had to deal with. And even, like I said, now it's uh, what I'm look, focusing in more now is my grandchildren. Two girls and one boy. Yep. I'm trying to make sure that not that I jump in there and, and try to take over, but I'm counseling them as far as the, my, my, my daughter, my son, counseling them 
telling them how what they should do, and then I would respect how they raise the kids. And I'm just fortunate that they're following uh, the guidance. That's true. Okay. All right, that's good. We have reached that time. But anyway. Now, go ahead. I'll hit the highlights of mine. But but what I was sharing with Alex, as far as with him being the first, the first, my first child, and one thing I I share with him, the difference between we were, let let me put it this way, when Deborah and I got married, or when I got, when I married Deborah. And when I got, from the time I got saved, let's, when I, from the time I got saved, I believe the Lord always was preparing me. And he was preparing me through the process of life. And so when Deborah and I got married, I think we had already, even in our relationship, was already looking forward for our first child. But one thing I did ask, I did ask the Lord, I said, well, Lord, if you bless me with my first child, let him be a boy. That that's that was my prayer to the Lord. I do whatever. And then the, then the girl can come whenever. But I but I said the first child, let it be a boy. So I think Deborah and I we were together for two years. Uh, but I wasn't. We weren't anxious. It was just going to be surprised. And I remember the first time Deborah called me at work, and she had called me to tell me that that she was that. Choose to have a baby, right? But that was a false call because she went to the doctor, and because she wanted a child, she she portrayed symptoms, and that's what the doctors told her that no. So we kind of laughed that off. But then the second time I was at work, she called to tell me that she was expected, and she thought I didn't believe her, but I I really believed it that second time. I said, okay, she was, and so once. Once she said that, once I hung up the phone and stuff, I, I just stopped and I just thought about it. I just said, well, Lord, I just thank you. I said, but let him be a boy. But in my spirit and in my soul, I really felt that the first child was going to be a boy. I really felt that. And so, but it, and I remember that day, it started changing the direction of my life. And I agree like what the brother said. When you find out that you got a, you bring a child into the world, I mean, it puts a whole different perspective on your life. It puts a whole different perspective on your relationships, and it really puts a perspective, a different perspective on your relationship with God. And that's why a lot of times when I talk to people, especially brothers or whatever, when it talks about relationship, I always say you got to put God first. You got to keep him in your presence. Whatever you do, Honor him in it. You may not know how. There's no perfect way, and so and I think the Lord He blessed me. He blessed us with with it, with Alex. And I and I remember I was so excited and we were so preparing for it. I enjoyed watching Deborah going through the stages of the pregnancy because a- Alex was a booger bear. Because I mean we were going down Airways, you know, at Airways and Lamar. I remember I had to stop the car at Airways and Lamar at the light to open the door so Deborah could throw up. <laughs> <laughs> because she was that that sickness and stuff, but but the thing about it is, like I say, it was just the it was just Lord. I, I you know I got a boy, and I started thinking about all the stuff when he was born. I said, okay, how is he gonna speak English? How is he gonna know words? How is he gonna be able to analyze this and this and that? You know what I'm saying? And I I was really about to panic on him because I'm thinking I can't teach him all of this. I mean. 
I'm going to teach him to talk and all that stuff, right? And But, you know, somewhere along the line, the Lord kind of just put it, put it at peace that, you know, it's going to be all right. And then the day that he was born, I remember the day that he was born, and they took Alex out the wound, and I looked at him, and I stared at him, right? And because he was uh, uh, was coming through through the womb and stuff, Alex had like a little cone head. His head was like long, you know? And so I'm thinking, you know, the nurses and stuff that was carrying say, oh, we got a beautiful baby here. And I said, do we really? You know, because I was thinking about, you know how folks always say you got a beautiful child and you be in the back of my said, nah, that child don't look good, right? <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, and so Alex had that little cone head and they put this little thing on his head, right? <laughs> and so, so then I left and left Deborah and the baby to rest. And so I came home. So Deborah called me at home and said, he look all right. His, because <laughs> she said, we got a, a, a pretty baby. His head is not long anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess the, the, the hat and stuff, whatever they put on his head, his, his head shrunk back down to being round. But, but, but that was a blessing. You know? <laughs> but but he, he, he was a blessing, though, because Deb and I both, we had a debate on whether or not he was, he was beautiful or not. And then the nurse said, look, we don't deliver ugly babies and stuff. <laughs> and uh, we got him home. And uh, and then the Lord just started dealing with me about, I started asking about different phases of life. And I mean, I'm just, okay, now we got the baby. Now I have to do this. And now I have to do that. And, uh, and, and it, it was like, it was like God was giving me a peace through the whole process of growing. Every time I wanted to get anxious about it, it's almost like he, he kind of told me out. And then fast forward, Alex used to always like playing basketball. Even when he was a baby, he used to always doing it, jump playing basketball. And the story I really shared with Alex about that was that I was telling him when he was at Houston High School and he was playing basketball, you know, leading up to that time, I didn't want to focus on him playing basketball because I wanted him to get education with the school and the grades. But watching him playing the, the basketball and watching other coaches talking about how good Alex was, I said, okay, he can play basketball. Because I remember one time I was sitting at a game watching Alex play for a few minutes, and these two coaches was down there watching the Houston team play. And they were watching about Alex, and they were talking about they need to watch him because he brings energy to the team. And when they said that, the uh, Alex coach took him off the bench, put him back on the bench. And those, those two coaches were wondering, why why would he do them like that or, or whatever? And I got upset. You know, I really got upset because here I am in high school. I didn't know nothing about basketball, how to prepare your son for the next level. But anyway, he he didn't get what he wanted in the basketball. I mean, one day I sat in the car and I just, I just looked up to the Lord. I just started crying. I said, Lord, I done ruined my son's career. He could be a good basketball star and all this thing in the past I had been pushing back so much on his education, right? And But some of my spirits said, he's going to be all right. So I said, okay, he's going to be all right. But one thing I do share about Alex in the, in the phases that we've gone through, even growing up trying to raise him, I said, well, Lord, I don't want my son to just go to a black church and think that only black folks are saved. I didn't want him to do that. And then the Lord opened us up to go to uh, Christ to Rock, where he learned... Where we saw other 
you know, white believers worshiping with them. So we worship with them for a little while. And then when time came, we wind up over at the Bundy Grace. But each step of the way, I think the Lord led us or led me doing different steps. And I, I think the key word when it comes to talking about the Lord and living for him, you cannot be hypocritical when you talk about God. A lot of folks say that they love him. A lot of folks say they live, but they playing games. And one thing I don't do, I don't play games with God and his word. I'm not saying I'm perfect or do everything right. But I think because my heart is right when it comes to the Lord, I think the Lord has honored that. And uh, he honored that through Ariel. He's honored that through through Aaron. But like I said, the only thing I ask, I said, Lord, let Alex be the firstborn and everything else will fall in place. And But if you want to talk about how I got to that before school, he, he was talking about my unsaved days and God watching over you. <laughs> I used to, I used to, before I got saved, I used to really be, a, I was afraid to die. I, I really was afraid to die. And I really thought that I had to overcome that fear. I, whatever I had to do, I had to overcome that fear of dying. So in the process of going through Catholic, after I left there between Catholic and going to, to college out in the world, I had to do things to challenge myself to overcome the fear of death. So I used to get high a lot. I used to, you know, smoke the marijuana and I used to snort, snort coke. And there have been three incidents in my life where where one time I was over the head, took too much of cocaine, and I was and I was really going in, I was sweating, breaking out, couldn't see it, and I was about to uh fall out of my friend's car and stuff. I remember him telling me, don't throw up in my car. And I'm telling this man, I'm about to die. And you, you worry about me throwing up. <laughs> you worry about your car. <laughs> yeah. And so, but the Lord got me through that one. Then the second one was, I was telling out, we was in Atlanta. It was hot. I was playing tennis. We was drinking beer and we was getting high. And, uh, and the only thing I know, I was laying on the back of my floor. I don't know from the tennis court to the apartment. I don't do not remember this at all. All I know, I was laying on my back in this apartment, looking up at the ceiling, and my friend looking over me like, what should we do? What should I do? You know, and so each time I think the Lord put me, took me through those incidents. And so I keep, and what I keep sharing with you, was sharing about my son and everybody. If God has his hands on your life, and that's what I always believe, I'm not going to leave this earth until whatever the Lord has has for me to accomplish, it's going to be accomplished. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be accomplished. And and that that has taken away a lot of, uh, I, I still fight death a little bit. I still fight fear at times. But one thing about it, the peace of the Lord has always been with me. And through the birth of our children, and just like I say, coming back to that, we that was just that was just enjoying the ride. I That's it, that, man. No, I uh, it's it's it was interesting when you said that because at the end of the day, you know, uh, I do feel like that God has a plan for each and every one of us, even the the babies that that come from heaven. You know, like what they can, uh, with with uh, Mister Hardy said, like you know, they they come straight from heaven and they come with a plan. I mean, even like with uh, Jonah, like God had a plan for Jonah. It, it, it didn't matter how much Jonah was trying to fight it. You know, he went, he he did everything he could to fight what God had him to do. And even when he was supposed to do it, he halfway did it, but he did what God had him to do at the end of the day. Like, look, you, 
got to fulfill your plan. And uh, so that, that was powerful. Well, I I really appreciate this conversation, gentlemen. Like, real talk. This is very powerful. And I really hope, like I was saying earlier today, uh, my uh, plan is to, you know, continue to bridge this this type of gap, having these type of conversations so that one day I can have these same conversations with, you know, my kid and, you know, he can he can see where my mindset was and see how granddad was and his friends and things of that nature and just keep on sharing this right here, you know, and have the documentation. So I really do appreciate it. Um, and so right now what I've been doing over the past couple of weeks, actually, I've been like trying to collect my thoughts, honestly, um, because I don't really have a feeling right now. I, I think anyway, I have a new energy. But I don't have like a specific feeling that makes sense. Um, the best way I can explain it is <sighs> I have like this new sense of energy to get things done, um, which I think is definitely uh, definitely God-given because right now, like my wife, she's dealing with morning sickness pretty bad. Like she can't really do much. She's um, staying home from work. So like I'm trying to pull as much extra duty as possible. And all of a sudden I have like this energy that came out of nowhere that allows me to do what I need to do to get things done. Um, to answer your question, right now, I think I'm just still in that prep mode. And I'm prepping not only my house, but I'm prepping my mindset too. That's where I am right now. I'm in that preparation phase. I don't see myself as a father yet. I see myself in the process of becoming a father right now. I've, I'm, I've, I find myself getting knowledge, like having conversations like this, gather as much information as possible, um, working on my spiritual man as well, you know, um, you know, through um, my current pastor, different books I'm reading. Um, my mentals is very, very important to me right now. So literally finding quiet time. That's what I'm preparing for. I'm working on my physical body like I haven't worked on it before. I've always worked out, but doing specifically, I was telling my dad the other day, I think I may need to stop playing basketball because I actually had like a little incident last week where I messed my back up a little bit. I'm like, ah, I don't want to be able to pick up my kid. Like, so let me change <laughs> things. Let me go play, pick up golf again, or let me just cycle. Um, so I feel like I'm in like a, a real preparation mode right now. Uh, and finding... Uh, myself in this moment, I don't want to get lost into it so much that I forget everything that I went through too. That's why, you know, I definitely want to document and have these conversations because I'm, I'm also doing personal videos that I just do just my, by myself. I'll be at the car wash just by myself. It's something that hit my mind and like I'll think about the baby. So I'll pick up my phone and just record my thoughts, quick 15, 20 seconds. And I just have like all those things stored in my phone right now. Um, because I'm piecing this thing together. I got a whole bunch of puzzle pieces in my head right now, and there isn't a picture on the wall to show me what it's supposed to look like, but uh, I know that these pieces go together, but I got to work and figure out how to put them together. And it's going to take a work. I mean, it's, it's a process. It ain't something that happened overnight. Um, I know it's not going to happen you know, in the next year, two years, but it's going to be, I'm, like, like my dad said, I'm alone for the ride right now. And I think I am getting to the point right now in my life. And it, normally it, it, it hasn't happened. I like to be in control of a lot of stuff. I like to be in control of my money, my job, 
you know, my household. When I play ball on the court, I run the court. Like, that's that's me. I, I get stuff together. Uh, but in this situation right here, though, I'm finding myself being a lot more humble and actually allowing, you know, God, spirit, whatever, to move and do whatever it is that he, he needs to do. And I'm just alone for this ride. So I'm finding that surrender, I guess, is, is where I'm, I'm looking for. I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself, all right, I just need just to surrender to this. Like, for instance, my wife, she's having morning sickness. And there ain't nothing I can do about that. <laughs> I, like, I, I want to try to fix it. I want to try to, like, you know, you know I, I try to find the right food or the right medicines or whatever, you know, whatever it is. But there ain't nothing I can do about that, you know. And, like, being able to just, all right, you know what? This, this, I, I gotta let this one go. But I'll, <laughs> I'll do what I can around the house, you know, to straighten up and you know, cook and find different things, rubber feet at night, you know. I do all those type of things, but I ain't gonna let. let I mean, that's not gonna, you know, let the nausea go to waste, you know. Uh, but every night before I go to bed, I touch her stomach, I say a prayer, and say, "Hey, look, man, or woman inside here, let my wife sleep tonight." <laughs> so, um, to answer your question, I think those are the two things right there. Like I said, I'm in a, like a preparation stage of life, and everything's going on. And then two, like I'm just learning how to surrender. Like, yo, you know, you just need to let go, let God, you know, and do what you're supposed to do that you know you're supposed to do. You know, take care of your business and all of that. But once it comes to this thing called life. It's a long for the ride. So, Alan, you are spot on. Here's why. It's a philosophy that I use. I call it the three P's. It's the process, uh, it's the preparation, it's the process to reach the promise. You just hit all three of them. Now you just got to stay focused to the finish. You're in the, pro- you're in the preparation mode. You said that so well, which is going to lead you through the process as she goes through things because she's going to go through things and, and, and she might even blame you and all of that labor pain that you, you did. <laughs> you, you know, so as a part of the process, there is a promise when that, when that baby comes and, and you see that baby for the first time. So you hit it, home run with that. You just got to stay and it's going to be your responsibility to train that child, to teach that. Don't put that all on your wife. You, According to the word, you're the one to teach you. You've got to be the one to do that. Mm. Another element that's going to need that you're going to need to band again in that whole thing, brother. Mm. Because it's going to be easy to push it off her. But when you you get down and sit down and talk to your little daughter, if it's a daughter, talk to them about uh, menstrual cycles and all of that stuff, which is what I just I I purpose to do that Mm. and. You, those are the, that's a part of that process to reach that promise. You get it just right on the head. You're in the preparation mode right now, and you're doing the right things by doing this. Mm-hmm. That's a preparation. Now the process. Are you going to follow through with it when it comes challenging to you, brother? Because it is. Yeah. It's, it's going to be hard. And, and, and sweet, you're going to call dad. <laughs> dad ain't going to be able to do that. It's going to be you. Like you said, you want to be. Yeah. You wait till I the time you have Go ahead. Nah, nah, nah. Like, nah, like, you, you, you are right. You know, I mean, um, heck, I'm even, like, I'm, I'm just even in phases just, like, even um, trying to, like, not be on any type of a sleep pattern right now. It's kind of funny. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not even trying to, like, you know, buy into that. Like, all right, I'm, I'm about to go. Because I was, I was pretty, pretty, pretty not strict, but I had, like, a routine. I mean, I eat before 9. I'm going to try, I'm going to try my best to be in bed, like, at 9.30. I'm going to get up at 6 o'clock. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to do my thing. Very routine-based. 
I know that ain't going to be the case in a couple of months. So I'm just trying to take it as a go. I'm just trying to take it as a go. Like, I feel like I'm actually being prepped on that right now. It's kind of crazy because since my wife is dealing with the morning sickness, she wakes up throughout the night. Like, and and I, I, I get up too. I'm a light sleeper. Like, she'll get up at like you know, two o'clock in the morning and have to get up. And like, if like she needs something like some crackers or whatever, I'm getting up. I'm going downstairs. And like, again, it's all prep, baby stuff, baby stuff, but it is still some prep work yeah. for sure. So put them crackers by the bed, son. I know, right? Think smart, right? Not hard. You're right. I know. I know. Work smart, not hard. I know. You're right. But uh, well, look, that's that's really all I have. Um, I, I I really really enjoy having these conversations with y'all for sure. Um, the uh, next next conversation we have, you know, Dad, whatever y'all have been talking about, I want to be a part of it. You know, so just just let me know if I have any other ideas that I want to touch on. Um, I'll shoot it to my dad. He'll shoot it to y'all. And if there's something y'all are interested in, you know, let me know. Because, um, heck, I, I, like, it, it can be anything. Like, you know, just from life, from work, you know, sports. I don't care. LeBron James. I don't <laughs> I don't care. It can be whatever. I just enjoy uh, talking to y'all and then I have these conversations. I really do, so. Is Oliver still there? Yeah. Uh, I think he signed off. I'm going to have to sign off too. Yeah, what closes out in prayer then? Uh, let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this time, for this moment that we have come together. Father, we pray right now that you are the gift of life, that you, Lord, lead us and guide us into all truth. We pray, God, that you bless Alex and his wife that they prepare for a new birth, a life changing. And I pray, God, that you keep them on the path that he's on right now. And in all things that he would give you praise and he would acknowledge you in all of his ways that you would direct his path. Bless, bless every brother in the sound of my voice. Bless their home. Help us to continue to be good fathers, good husbands, and to be like you. You are the ultimate father. You have set all the examples. And so let us follow that. To be grandfathers, to be everything that you have us to be. And we will continue to give you praise and honor and glory. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Step out in this bitch, come with it. No screen time, cause she gon' find a hoe she could mimic. No rules when I step in that new car. I got that Bugatti, your coupe. I copped a Rari for who? No rules when I pull out in the ghost, all painted. Old color fighting the cream, niggas gon' hate it. I could tell ya, it's gon' be a good night. This gon' be a the type of shit that make a nigga wanna hurt a nigga The type of shit that make a bitch wanna change a figure I give her money, she call back and she don't like the figure And then I tell her, oh well, find another nigga The type of night where I'm too wasted No pass a drink, I'm thinking something about ya We ain't got no rules tonight We ain't got none The type of night where I'm too wasted No pass a drink, I'm thinking something Yeah. Eating at the strip club, throwing money at dancers. You ain't got.
gotta tell me I'm cute, I know I'm handsome Bad hoes driving up from Florida to Atlanta Bad bitches pop it on the floor by the plants, yeah Bad bitches drop it getting low, she a dancer Bought the big bottle of Ace, oh that's expensive Dead stocks, I just took them out the box Got this girly on the phone and she making me high I'm on eBay bidding on the Cartier White When the money start coming, all the hoes gon' flow Girls kissing on my neck with their hands in my locks, yeah Drink